Welcome to the Skill Stadium, a podcast for the skilled trades, where you can learn about the opportunities and benefits of working in the skilled trades from business owners, hiring managers, and the hardworking, talented professionals. And now, your host, Keith Williams. Welcome to the Skill Stadium Podcast, episode 91. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Keith Williams. I love to do this because every guest has a story to tell and every story is as unique as their fingerprint. Every week, we feature professionals in the skill trades, business owners, educators, giving real world advice. You know, we don't run any ads on this podcast. We're not trying to sell you anything. So if you found some value, please share it and leave a five-star rating. Thank you again for tuning in. So today's guest grew up in New Jersey. He got involved in his father's business, which is in the food and equipment services business. He started as a technician, made the transition to operations and took over the business in 2017. He grew that business from eight employees to 23. He made an acquisition of a company called Service Master, and it's something he's very proud of. But you know, in talking to him, I was really impressed because he puts a great deal of value on his staff. He wants to make sure that they are happy and the best paid in the industry. So that really impressed me. During his free time, he enjoys training at the gym, drinking whiskey, and trying new restaurants and traveling. Please welcome Rich Malachi, CEO of Service Masters and Malachi Cares and fellow podcaster to the Skill Stadium Podcast. Rich, how are you today? I am doing amazing, Keith. That is an intro. Wow. Thank you. Hey, I got to bring you out right. I got to bring you out right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, I'm excited awesome. to be here with you. Definitely, definitely. Hey, something I got to ask you just off the bat. I know you took over the business from your dad. What was that transition like? Because that, that's a big deal when you're, when you're taking over your father's business. Yeah, it was not easy. You know, and I'll probably save the really in-depth version from my book one day. <laughs> you know, for now, the Cliff Note version, you know, it, growing up in the business with him, obviously, you know, this was his baby. It was just his blood, sweat, and tears. And I think any family business that there's, you know, the next generation coming up, there's that thing of letting go, right? And, you know, I know it wasn't going to be easy for him. And a lot of things had to happen and occur for us to get to this point. And, you know, it's not that I was, you know, there was, we were completely capable. Sometimes you see, you know, family businesses where maybe the kids are kind of absent, they're in, they're out, you know, we were all in hundred percent. So we, the capabilities were there for me and my sister, and we were building relationships over the last decade plus. So for us to step in, it was great. It was just my father wanting to continue to hold on. And it was, like I said, it was, there were some things that had to happen for us to put that succession plan together, but let it be known that my dad is very well taken care of. We send him a nice big fat check every month. He has salary in perpetuity. Like there's all these great things for him. And we're just, you know, what all we could do right now is doing right by him is by making the business more successful. So that's what we're doing. Well, it looks like you're doing that. And, you know, you're doing some big things with FedCom and Food Equipment Digital Disruptors. Can you share the story behind this? Because I think this is a big deal and this is going to do some serious disruption in your market. I'd love you to talk about it, please. Yeah, I appreciate that. So this was, you know, something that was kind of born out of uh, just wanting to put more emphasis around Maliki Parts and Service. And I wanted to do that by 
you know, connecting it all to me and my own personal brand. So back in 2017 ish, 2018, I, I kind of started doing more videos. Uh, 2019, I did a video a day. And uh, back in early 2019, or actually, I think the end of 2018, we started something on Facebook called the Food Equipment Digital Disruptors. And it was just a community of people throughout the industry from, from all channels, whether it's a manufacturer's rep, a manufacturer, someone in the dealer market, in the service market, consultants, facilities managers, technicians. It was kind of a melting pot for us to connect and, and grow together and kind of really just shout out loud that, hey, the food equipment industry is here and we're going to get loud and we're going to let people know we're here and we're going to, you know, help, you know, elevate, uh, as they say, all ships rise with the tide type of community. And from there, it kind of spiraled into something completely different than what I expected it to. And, and that really is where FedCon comes about, you know, back in 2020, we put on our first conference and we got, you know, 70 people in the room. We got some sponsors and we were talking about the importance of digital branding, digital marketing for our individual selves, for our businesses, because a very big topic of conversation, especially in the service sector, is how do we find more technicians? Yes. You know, the work is there. There's, there's, I'm Keith, there's so much work and we need people to come in and do these jobs. A, a, a robot's never going to take the place of what a technician does. We're going to be the ones fixing the robot. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> You see Flippy doing all this stuff, all these robots that are going to be putting out pizzas and these new burger machines. Someone has to fix them. I agree. That's where we all come in. So, you know, we want to put want to put them a mark on this industry. We want to elevate it more than it's ever been and let these kids in high schools know and maybe even in college and maybe someone looking for a career change at 40. There's no there's no age limit here. And and to let them know the opportunities that exist because, you know, when you really sink your teeth into this industry, you could see the opportunity as far as obviously there's monetary, you know, but there's other things that are very rewarding. If you love helping people, this is a big, big time for you. So FedCon is really embodying putting that on a big, bigger platform. And it's in the beginning stages. You know, a lot of people, as anything, there's disruption, there's questions. What's he doing? Why is he doing this? What's the point? Why do I need to be there? And I understand that. But listen, this, this is just scratching the surface. So we're going on into our second one in Arizona, April 25th. And, you know, we got another 70 plus people coming in the room, hopefully a little bit bigger by the by all said and done. Great sponsors. And we're going to be talking about um, how to leverage content. We're going to be putting inspiring keynotes in the room to get people's minds thinking in a different way. And, oh, my God, I can really build my business through digital media, through LinkedIn. We met through LinkedIn. This wouldn't be happening if I wasn't out there and you weren't out there doing your thing. Yes. So the FedCon has has a couple of different things that they want to do. One of those things, I think the major thing is to really put the trades on the map. Yeah. I also think what I love that you're doing is that a lot of people don't know about your industry. I'll be honest, like that's, you know, people know about plumbing, they know about electric, they know about welding, but you're putting, you're also promoting the industry. So there are people who didn't even know this was an option. And this is not what a lot of people think it is from you and I talking, and I'm going to let you go into that. But you know, this, this is so important for people to know that, hey, this is another career path. So for people who don't know anything about the industry, talk about what a technician does and what type of training is required and how long does it take to get qualified? Because, you know, young people want to know how long is it going to take for me to train? What's it going to cost? What am I going to get paid? Yeah. So the food equipment service industry, right? So for anyone who's, who's listening to this and saying, what the hell is this guy talking about? Yes. So we, we, fix, we fix food equipment. It's as simple as that. Think about Chili's. Think about Chipotle. Think about, you know, national chain restaurants. Think about schools. Think about hospitals and healthcare facilities, stadiums, correctional facilities. Anywhere food is being prepared, technicians across the country 
are there every single day making sure that dinner service is happening, breakfast is getting is going out and all these different things. So we're fixing ovens and steamers and grills and fryers and toasters and walk-in refrigerators and freezers and ice machines and the list goes on, right? So you know, we kind of, we're like the unsung heroes of the food service industry. You know, people don't even realize that you might be eating a steak that a technician just came in, replaced something, got it going, and now you get to eat that steak. Yes. You know, so I always say we're not saving lives, but we're saving livelihoods. Yes. And, and that's, 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 that's very important. So, you know, for someone looking in this industry, they, they're hearing about this now, they're intrigued, you know, and I went to go speak at um, a local high school. I actually hired two guys a few years ago nice. that are doing really well right now. And the first thing they wanted to know was how much, how much money do I make? That's what everybody wants to know. So I will just say this, the money comes with your commitment to learning. It's that simple. If you want this really bad and you come in every day, this is, this is a show up every day situation. This is a stay late. This is a take care of the customer, take care of my company and they'll take care of me situation because there's companies across the industry that take care of their people just like we do. We're not the only ones. And you know, so the money's going to come. When does it going to come? Well, it comes in your first year. I mean, you look at a guy coming out of high school or a girl coming out of high school. I love to see more women in the industry. Coming out of high school, what are they going to pay their first semester or their first year at a college? hundred grand if you go to like a big school, maybe more, I don't know. You're going to probably make $30,000, $40,000 as you train with a company. They're going to send you, and how this happens, there's no actual school. So you're going to end up getting with a company like mine. They're going to train, you're going to train day to day with a senior technician. You're going to get sent off to manufacturer uh, training facilities because we're factory authorized for a lot of these manufacturers. And with that, we are able to offer training through them. So we can send you, we'll send you across the country. We also belong to an association called CEFESA which is an acronym for the Commercial Food Equipment Service Association. They have classes in their headquarters. We're sending some guys down there next week. And um, so that's really how, how, it, how it works. Now, every state's different as far as certifications, whether you need you know, gas certifications or electric or different things that we're going to be doing here. New Jersey, you don't need any of those specific unless refrigeration. You, know, you have to get your EPA card universal so you can claim refrigerant. Um, other than that, it's really on the, per the individual. I, I've had guys come in and train for 90 days and go out on the road. I've had guys come for a year. But I would say typically when you look at our industry, after five years, you know, and like they say, 10,000 hours, then you're an expert. Yep. You know, I say after five years, I would say you really start to get, you know, earn your wings, so to speak. And there's guys, depend, and this all depends on the individual. You could be doing $50,000 a year. You could be doing $120,000 a year. You could be doing 130. That's the salary. That's not including the benefits that, that, we, that we offer, that we pay 80% of on platinum plans. It's not, that's not the... You know, the 401k with employer match up to 4%. That's, that's not the paid time off that we give, the, the, you know, the, the work-life balance, all the holiday, every holiday is paid for, including the day after Thanksgiving, gives people time with their family. So these packages are amazing in, in the world that we're living in today. And if you're really good at it, like really good, and you really come in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, you can write your own ticket anywhere in the country. 100%. And the best thing too about this is you're paying them to learn. You're paying them the train. And I also know that there are so many groups, there's so much information online that you're going to learn. Plus, you have senior people teaching you. So really, what Rich is saying here, if you really listen, is that you've got to kind of manage your education, your training. So you got to go, the information's there. It's just a question of whether you're going to go consume it. If you go and consume it and then you go and apply it, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. And this is a field where Rich is going out and recruiting in high school. So you know there's a shortage of people and they need women too. So, you know, it's they're looking for people and, and you write your own check if you put in the work and you do the learning. And that's the one thing I've interviewed a lot of 
business owners and hiring managers. And the one thing they keep emphasizing, I keep hearing, it's not like they're all, it's not like this is a conspiracy. They're all saying, you got to keep learning. There's a trend. They keep saying that. So you've got to be somebody who wants to learn. So uh, that is a big deal. Now you grew up in the business, so you've seen some changes over the years. Please share the importance of attention to detail, understanding technology, and data to be a successful technician, because this is not what a lot of people think. It's not just going in and doing physical repairs and cleaning things up. There's a technical side to this business, and I want you to talk about that, please, Rich. Oh, yeah. No, we, we definitely have to be clear to anyone listening and understand, you know, whether this is, you know, maybe, maybe your son or daughter, maybe it's piquing your interest. You know, th this is, these are some of the most intelligent people on the planet in my eyes. You know, these guys are going to fix a combi oven that when you take a side panel off, if you've never seen it before, it could look like a spaceship, you know, and then they're going from there and then they're going to go work on an ice machine and they're going to, I mean, the knowledge that these people need and retain and have as they go along is, is really unbelievable to me. And I, and I'm, I shout out all my skilled trades people all the time. I'm a very, very big advocate for them. Mike Rowe even said once that people that do jobs like these are the ones that make civilized lives possible. Yes. And ain't that, ain't that the truth, right? Yes. So when you look at technicians today, it's not just that guy with the plumber's crack. He's got a <laughs> tool belt. You know, he's, he's got a wrench in his hand and a hammer and he's just, oh, where's the problem? Now, these are, these are professionals, you know, and, and they've been trained so... And they're going in and, and they're not just fixing equipment, you know, they're working with people, but there's also technology behind it. You know, we're, we're doing a lot of things right now with smart kitchens and there's stuff, you know, cloud kitchens and ghost kitchens, you know, so they're not just turning the wrenches. We're doing stuff with tablets. We're doing data uploads. You know, there's a lot of other things that are coming into play and the industry is evolving, you know, and companies that are kind of stuck in with the way it used to be, you know, I think they're going to get left behind. Yes, and, definitely. Um, you know, companies like ours that are on, on the forefront of working with manufacturers, you know, investing in new technologies. Like we, we, we utilize XOI, big, big advocate for XOI technologies here. It's putting video content to our customers, making us transparent on every video with a hyperlink. So technicians are training on how to, you know, use this, this technology on a daily basis. And, you know, listen, they're on the van, right? They're on the road. They're, they're on the open road every day. And they're, you know, they're, they're right. Like I said, they're writing their own ticket. They're living their life out there. And it's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see everything evolving, you know, and like I said, a lot of companies in our industry, some can be slow, slower to adapt for us. You know, we're all about being at the forefront of it all. And, you know, so the training, the training is, is really, it's, it's not, like I said, it's not just the equipment anymore. We have to train on software upgrades. We're yes. Text USBs on their truck. We're going to upload menus. We're doing all these different things and it's, it's exciting times for the industry, for anyone coming in. Yeah. I also think anybody who has somewhat of a technology savvy is going to be able to, is really good at, can appreciate that, you know, the, the uh, technology behind it. And that's why I really wanted to emphasize it because I think too often skill trades are stereotyped, your industry included. And I, I think that's so wrong. I also think that the fact that you're jumping on the technology is going to put you ahead of other players in the game. And, you know, we just look at, look at Blockbuster and Netflix. Need I say more? <laughs> yeah, you know right. the story Somebody behind that. Yeah, so I mean, it's the same thing. The technology you either adapt with the change, or you're gonna get left behind, and that that's the truth. And so you want to make sure you're on a with an organization that gets that and understands it. You know, so you took over a family business, you grew it tremendously. Talk to me about, you know, and you put a great deal of importance of paying your techs well. Talk to me about the culture of your company. Other than pay, why should people work for your company, Rich? Well, because I'm awesome. 
<laughs> That's easy. <laughs> now, I know you have to do better than that. <laughs> no, I, you know, I'm trying my best to build a culture of, of caring for people. And, you know, when I took over things, you know, with my father, my father was a tough guy, you know, and I, and I look back at, at all the things that he did to build this and to get here. And I used to sit here with him, you know, up in the upstairs here in the office and wonder to myself, how the hell am I going to fill this guy's shoes? I can't do what he does. I can't say the things he says. I don't, I, all these different th you know, thoughts are going through your head. Am I going to be good enough for this? And, you know, and, and he treated people with respect to an extent, but there was also that I'm doing you a favor by giving you a job. Sure. You know, I don't, I don't need you. You need me type of mentality, you know, and I never understood all of that, you know, and as I came into my own in 2012, when I kind of sat in the service seat and took over operations and getting closer to the people and, you know, these, these are people that you depend on and that depend on you. So I don't think that it should be, I'm doing them a favor because they can go anywhere and put any logo on their hat. They choose to come here. So if they're choosing to come here, I want this to be the place that they choose to come to every day for the next 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, you know, yep. and, and feel good about it. And yeah, the money, great. It's not always all about the salary because these guys and gals that are working here know that they can go down the block and get the same salary. But what, what, what's, what's different here? I, and this is not to like pat myself on the back or my sister or, or Geraldine or anybody that's here in, in, in these positions. It's, it's that there's people here that actually care and have empathy for what you're going through in your, in your everyday life. You know, we were just talking about it, about one of our employees, you know, we know he's going through some things and his work might be like, Oh, it's not, he's having a hard time. We have to understand that like this business is not their whole life. They have a life outside of here and we have to, we have to be empathetic to that. Mm -hmm. I have stuff going on. You have stuff going on. We're not always going to, you know, come in every day with those smiles and feel good. Sometimes we need a day or two or three. Sometimes, you know, we just, we need someone to understand. And I think there's a, that's what we're building here. We're building an open door policy. You pick up the phone, you call me, you call whoever you need to call here. We're all going to have empathy to listen and, you know, give you, give people the work-life balance they need. They need time off. They need to spend time with their family. That's why we, you know, the day after Thanksgiving is typically a very slow day for us. Why are we coming in and opening these doors? Let everyone stay home for a four-day weekend. Enjoy with your family. Makes sense. You know? That's an extra day that I know a lot of other companies don't do, you know, and I feel like that's another differentiator. It's that work-life balance. It's that extra time with the family. You know, we want to have, we have Christmas parties, we have awards. Now, now that the pandemic is ending, we're, we're talking about getting people together, maybe a softball game, just different things. We're going to be building a test kitchen. We're going to have events. I want to bring people in for happy hours. I want people connecting. I want people to feel the love. So that's, that's what's super important, you know, offering the medical and, and paying so much into it. Taking care of them and their family. Not it's not just about you. We know you have a wife, you have a daughter, you have a son. They need to be taken care of too. So you could do your best so you know that they're taken care of. So if we take care of people, the people take care of the customer. And I I, I think that's Richard Branson's whole thing, right? From Virgin, you know, you take care of them and they'll take care of you and your customer. Amen. That's what we're, that's what we're doing here. No, I hear you. I hear you. So one of the things I'd imagine a high school imagine a high school student and they're interested in working in your industry. Are there, you know, I know some people will say, you know, spend time. Is there an opportunity for them to spend a day on the job or work for free? I know Gary V, you know, who we're both big fans of, tells young people with no experience to go work for free. Is, do you think there's an opportunity for that in your industry or per se in your company? What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's, we're in a different field, so there could be liability things. But I think if we can, you know, with insurances, but 
I would welcome someone coming, and we've had that over the years, and not every, not everyone sticks because this is not for everybody, right? So you know, I'm happy to have someone come in for a summer. If they want to just come for a week or two, and they've I've had that. I've had I've had really close friends of mine do that. You know, I'm talking 15 years ago at this point now, but they came and they were like, oh, I, I don't like this, and I'm like, all right, no, listen, no harm, no foul. You tried, it's not for you. Move on. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think a lot of companies in this industry because we're we're so you know in need of finding. Not just people, but good people, people that care about people, because we don't just fix equipment. You know, we fix people at the end of the day. We're making sure that these people feel good when we leave because that's, oh, Malachi's here. All right. And they trust you. And, and they, and they, you know, there's that, there's that respect. And it's like, okay, good. We're fixing them. We're fixing the equipment. So yeah, I mean, I think anyone in this industry would welcome, if someone wants, if someone's listening to this and you're in Jersey and you want to do a ride along, reach out. There you go. There you go. Hey, you know what? We'll 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 have we'll have all your information in the notes, and yeah. we'll make sure folks could uh, could could connect with you on that offer. Now, I appreciate that because I believe that's a game changer. It says a lot about you as a person and as a company that you're willing to take on these young people. I'm pretty passionate about that. I, I try and volunteer in schools and do these day in the life, you know, career days, and it makes a difference. Young people, what they want is they want it the real deal. They want to know what it's really like. And yeah. so I think that's the best approach. And it's also good for you too. You get to find out, okay, this person a, is a great fit or no, they're not. So it's good for both of you. You're both testing each other out. So I, I like that. Yeah, it's a mutually beneficial thing. And, you know, we're going to we're going to help each other. You know, this is an opportunity for, for them, but it's an opportunity for us to grow and, and to continue to build because the more the bigger we build and the stronger we get, the more we can do for our people that are that are working so hard. Definitely. So, hey, I want to tell you, I've got a, you know, Skill Stadium, we have a we're skill trades job platform. One of the things we do, and I know you're big on video, is we have job seekers create 30-second elevator pitches and 60-second videos of them showing themselves doing the work. You know, you're in this industry looking for people. What is your take on staff? And I know this is something we talked about. A lot of people don't like to use video in your industry, but what's your take when you're looking for somebody and you've seen them do something that's different, like a video? How does that help you in determining bringing somebody in or, you know, how, how does that help you as you're trying to evaluate and find talent? Yeah. So, so I just want, you know, you broke up a lot, but I, I think I know what, what we're talking about here. So for, v, for video, video is super important. Video is at the top of our list in our, in our strategy to find new talent. And it's kind of how we've been doing what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we even made like a little commercial maybe last summer or so. And it was, give me 60 seconds and I'll give you four reasons why you need to be a Maliki Cares technician. I like that. And we just hit you with all these things. We pay you to drive to your first call. Paid benefits, 80%. 401k employment. We just hit them with these four facts real quick. And we were running ads on that. We're running things. And people are saying, hey, I love this, what you're doing. You know, we've hired probably the last three technicians through directly through them seeing video content that I'm putting out on a daily consistent basis. Nice. They love what they love what they're seeing, they love what's happening and they want to be a part of it. Yeah. So I think if you're not doing video, yeah, how do we get more technicians to embrace video and to use video themselves to promote themselves? That's the tough question, Keith, and you know, I don't know if I have a, a direct answer for that right now. I've been internally working to, to get our technicians to be a little bit more vocal. They're, they're just hesitant. They don't really want to be on camera. And, and if you know technicians in this industry, you know that they love what they do. They love solving problems and they want to go fix equipment. Yes. Outside of that, they're like, Rich, that's what we want to do. That, that's enough for us. Sure. So, you know, every now and then you'll find someone that's like, oh yeah, I, I love the camera. I'll get on. But it's, 
and I don't know, like I said, I don't know if I have the, the answer. I think that um, we just need to keep making it part of our culture and, and our companies. And, you know, this is still relatively new. I've only been doing it a few years here. So it's still relatively new. As we keep incorporating, I have company meetings. We have cameras rolling. You know, they're coming in. We're doing, we're con. If you're, if you're in a room with me, there's a camera close by. Yes. You know, so make it part of your culture. Make it part of the business strategy. Make it, make it part of everything you're doing. It's got to be part of the business. And little by little, I think you're going to see. Maybe some of the newer guys, younger guys coming in are going to want to jump on. I know a lot of the older guys are like, get that thing away from me. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's just going to be an ongoing effort from companies in, investing in that. That's, that's a big thing. I'm not to go back to FedCon, but you know, that's what we're promoting at FedCon. We need to get companies of the mindset to start making this part of your daily efforts. It's going to increase your business. It's going to please employee advocacy. It's going to, there's, there's no negative to this. And you, listen, you're holding the camera, you're posting, you control the narrative. So it could be however you want it to be. Definitely. Definitely. I also think that it's going to create more opportunities for them. It's going to build their brand, at, you know, and I, the biggest thing I think is it creates opportunities that people don't even know that are out there. They can be advocates for their industry. They can go to events and be guest speakers. You can build your brand and you can still do the work, you know, and so. I see it all the time. You know, you don't realize the opportunities, the opportunities that exist until you start doing this. I never wanted to go speak on stage. I never wanted to put a conference on. I never wanted to do any of these things, but because I started, it's taken you know, time over the last, all of a sudden I'm speaking at, at places, we're putting on conferences, you know, and there's other thoughts of monetization now that, that are coming to, to mind and it's going to be great for a business and it's going to be great to help people. Mm -hmm. What better thing than to make money and help people at the same time? I agree. You also, I would imagine you've built new relationships that, and relationships, you know, in business are everything. So I, I would imagine the relationships you're building as a result of this are going to benefit your business tremendously. It's also going to help you with your new platform that you're building. So, Oh, without a doubt. It's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. Rich, final question. Please share one lesson your dad taught you in business that you, could, that you still apply today. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this, you know, and I think my dad was a lot of things. And I've told this story, I think, once or twice before in some past videos, I think. But, you know, but I think it's his commitment and dedication to his family and, and to the people here, even though he was hard about, you know, hard lessons and hard the way he did business might have not been so politically correct. He would have never lasted today. Sure. You know, but I think, you know, it's, it's the dedication and commitment to the people and the family. So uh, the, the quick story is, you know, he, we used to get into a lot of fights, me and him. And, you know, he would come and say to me, you know, Rich, Rich who the hell do you think I'm doing this for? And my, my mom's name is Jane and my sister's name is Samantha. He, you know, and this was years ago. He would say, when I put my foot on the floor every morning at 4 a.m., I say, Jane. And then I put the other foot down and I say, Rich and Samantha. And no matter how bad I feel or how tired I am, I get up and I go to work because that's what we do. Because we're in the service business and people count on me and those families of those people count on me and you count on me. So I would say the commitment and dedication and the responsibility of, of, all, of all this, I will never take for granted. I think that's the biggest lesson I keep with me. Definitely. No, that's powerful. That's powerful. Uh, that's, that's what a dad does. I, 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 I get it. I understand. It makes perfect sense. And you know what? That's come out in how you treat your employees, you know, so it, it, it's obvious from that. Rich. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Skill Stadium podcast. I wish you continued success and looking forward to um, following you and seeing what goes on with, with FedCom. Awesome, Keith. Thank you so much for, for, uh, for having me and being able to share some of the stories and 
So all those people out there, if you're looking for the next great thing, the food equipment industry is booming. We'll see you there. Definitely. Thank you for listening to Skill Stadium. It would mean so much if you left a review on iTunes and told your family and friends about the podcast.